This is Cole. Learn how to tell stories in logic. My God. <laughs> You're so, this is so hard. And this is Ron. Yes. I hate your guts. Oh, that's a lie. That's a lie right there. Oh, desperation is a stinky cologne. We are the creative team. Oh, my God. I quit. Well, it's the big hole. Did you really just book that? <laughs> Michael Jordan and The Undertaker. Uh, in your face. One of them has 30 years, and the other one is just Michael Jordan. Woo! Welcome back to another exciting episode of... Oh! The Creative Team. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another exciting episode of... The... I created team. Ah, <laughs> oh, foreshadowing. I see already with the foreshadowing. I am your host Cole Dawson, and with me, as always, my hashtag team partner Ron Kilborn. Ronald, how the heck are you today, bud? Oh, it is truly an honor to be here. Still fishing for that plug. Um, I'm sorry about the intro there, but you're going to be hearing that a lot today because it goes with the theme. Uh, we uh, played into it last week. We uh, announced that we're going to do a Take It Up with Creative, and the subject at hand is Mr. Kennedy. And I'm very excited to get into it, Cole. But before we get into it, do you want to put a bow on the monumental finish to our bracket last bracket. week? Last week. <laughs> I mean, for, for all intents and purposes, uh, there was a lot of clowning around last week. pontificating already uh yes uh as we all know it is set in stone the creative team has named the greatest wrestler in the history of the new generation era doink the clown ladies and gentlemen um this may be the, the uh most upsetting bracket we've done so far ronald that's that's absurd i, I you know it's dr- it's drenched i mean that last week was filled with clowns Mortician cream pies. Um, <laughs> lots of factual wrestling debate that really culminated into what I think is by far the greatest victory in the bracket history. <laughs> yeah, y'all thought the New Day as the greatest faction of all time was an upset, but this one, very upsetting. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bracket, but the greatest theme song is It's a Man. Oh. You know, we're not, we're not, you don't have to agree with us, ladies and gentlemen. It's just the rules of the brackets, the rules of the top tens. We don't make the rules. It's just, you know, we enforce them. Well, I mean, we also make them. Yeah. (laughs) And we make, we make great choices. I'm, I am, I am a master of great choices. It's the funny thing is I am the one who's been, uh, my whole life. I'm sure Ron has heard this at some point. Uh, my family likes to refer to things as cold rules. They have this, this, this thing they like to say. Well, whereas they made up this story completely, utterly just fabricated this nonsense that when we used to play sports or games or whatever, that uh, I would change the rules uh, to fit to make sure that I that I won, which is false. I just was the one who knew all the rules. And so I was the enforcer. And uh, so like we'd start playing wiffle ball in the backyard and we had a rule. If you hit it over one of the wooden fences in our backyard, it's an automatic out because we lost a wiffle ball. And now someone's got to go hop a fence and get it. And so uh, I just, you know, I learned my skills to make sure I hit the ball where the wooden fences were. But I was always the one who, you know, was like, up, oh, you're out. It went over a wooden fence. You know, I wouldn't always tell people before we started playing. But <laughs> so but now it's it's definitely the Ronald rules. Ronald no, that's not true show. at all because you know we definitely we definitely I've definitely been a victim of the Cole rules when it comes to the drafts and you can ask a number of the guests that have played the drafts with you. The rules just kind of come to you as we go. Um, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, I forgot to tell you. You know, I know we're like 10 rounds in, but you know, oh. Yeah, no, I'm well aware of the Cole rules. I think I share uh, I think I share that with your family. You want to get to our subject today? I guess we can yes. talk about Mr. Kennedy. Yes, yes, the task at hand. Yes, reason why we're here. Now, Cole, you usually like to preface our uh, format here with what actually took place for old subject at hand here. This time around, Mr. Kennedy, could you do me a favor and the audience a favor and remind us Mr. Kennedy's career high points, low points, whatever points 
from his debut up until his departure in 2007. All right. So, August 25th, 2005, we are treated to the debut of one Ken Kennedy. Wait, Tony Schimmel, that's bullshit. Your announcements are horrible. From Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. Yes. So he (laughs) he debuts uh, by sort of feuding with Tony Schimmel just a little bit and poking him in the ribs saying, no, 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 you're a subpar announcer. I'm going to do my own announcements. And this was gripping. It was fantastic. It got over immediately. I remember this is like just at the end of of us being like just marks and like really like we've got one foot solidly in the business where we're 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 starting to look at things more critically, but we still have one foot back there just in being fans. And so this was one of those moments where, you know, even in our early 20s, we're marking out for this guy, and I think we all thought he was a can't-miss, going to be the biggest star ever. This was the next guy. Like, you can tell by the way he was getting booked. The, you uh, you can definitely know that it's solidified just by listening to podcasts if, of today. Anybody who was around that time period in WWE knew that this was, like, the chosen guy. That's why he got his name the way he got his name, and it just felt it felt new and it felt awesome. Like this was a larger than life character on the rise. Please continue. So, um, he makes his pay-per-view debut against one Bob Holly, uh, a big, we are big fans of Bob Holly on this show. Now this is important. I'm only mentioning this because this is kind of going to be a trend throughout the, the, uh, the, uh, the explanation here. Bob Holly gets a little bit banged up in this match, a little bit of a rib injury, but Mr. Kennedy wins and kicks off an undefeated streak. Uh, shortly after this, on November 11th, he had a match with Eddie Guerrero, and Eddie uh, pulled a little bit of his uh, Latino heat, lie cheat, steel magic, and did the old slam the chair and then throw it to Kennedy and turn around. Ref turns around, oh, and disqualifies Mr. Kennedy. And so technically he did lose here, but this was not counted as his first defeat because he did not get beaten. And unfortunately... This was Eddie Guerrero's last match. So there's a little side note there, you know, the little trivia. Uh, Eddie Guerrero's last match was against one Mr. Kennedy. Uh, And unfortunately, uh, shortly after that, uh, they go on an overseas tour in Europe, and Mr. Kennedy injures his shoulder. He tears a muscle. He is out for six months, just, just a couple months after making his debut and getting over. Now... Since he did have some some momentum, they did keep him on TV. They did some appearances here and there so he could keep talking and do his uh, introduction gimmick. But uh, six months later, back in July, he returns to the ring in the WWE, and he debuts the Kenton Bomb, which is the uh, Samoan drop gimmick where he does a forward roll off the second rope, and it turns into kind of a swanton. It's a fantastic move. Um, again, this is an important move to remember. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> July 21st, he subs for the injured Mark Henry to take on Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship, where Mr. Kennedy runs his head into the steps and cuts it clear to the bone and requires 21 stitches <laughs> to sew his head up. And uh, so he was out for a couple weeks, ladies and gentlemen. And then August, or no, sorry, back up. Uh-huh. So in July, later in July, he comes in. He feuds uh, with, uh, nope, sorry, I skipped ahead. <laughs> yeah. So in August, though, after he, as he's recovering, he falls in with the McMahons in the feud versus Degeneration X. So this right here, they, they've placed him in a spot where they obviously have plans for him. You know, he's already had a title match. He's, he's uh, helping out with the McMahons. So after that feud falls away, September 1st, 2005, or no, sorry, 2006 now, he wins his one and only championship with the WWE, winning the United States title in a three-way with
Finley and Bobby Lashley. So somebody beating Bobby Lashley is a big deal at this point. Bobby Lashley was, you know, another the next guy. So it's fantastic. Yeah. After that, he starts a feud with The Undertaker. And uh, their first match with Undertaker, he wins, sort of, because uh, Undertaker gets disqualified when he hits him with the belt. Uh, the Undertaker would be the first one to actually pin Mr. Kennedy. So they get on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. Get on YouTube and look up Undertaker chair shot to Mr. Kennedy. This is the hardest chair shot I've ever witnessed in my life, aside from the JBL Eddie Guerrero shot, because that actually spilled blood. But this is straight up whack a mole, you're gonna die type of a chair shot. It, the chair hangs around his neck. That's how hard he hit him with it. Uh, it's the it's a disgusting sound. Uh, please continue. So yeah, so that was October when he started with the Undertaker, and he feuds with him through the rest of the year. Uh, there's there's a point where he teams up with MVP, which was great. That's a fantastic tag team. I don't remember much of that, so I might go uh, check some of that out after this. But they took on, of course, the Brothers of Destruction. Um, but, I mean, he feuded with Taker for a good four months there. That took us all the way up to Royal Rumble. And leading up to the Royal Rumble, they had one of the Beat the Clock challenges. And uh, Mr. Kennedy, had, he went out and put up a good time. And then he went, continued on to screw up everyone else's matches so that they couldn't beat his time. Uh, he screwed over The Undertaker, screwed over... Uh, and then uh, he took <laughs> on Batista for the title again at Royal Rumble in 2007. And he lost again. And that started a short feud <coughs> with Bobby Lashley for the ECW title, and he lost again. <clears throat> but at WrestleMania 23, he qualified for the Money in the Bank match leading up to WrestleMania 23, and he won the Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania 23. And on April 30th, he went out and announced that he would be holding on to that briefcase and he was going to main event WrestleMania 24. And on May 7th, he lost the Money in the Bank match to Edge. <laughs> so that lasted one fucking week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in the match with Edge, he tore his tricep, or so they thought. He was just, it ended up just being a deep tissue bruise. It wasn't torn, but it caused him to miss a few weeks there. And uh, that carried on into September where he was suspended for 30 days for violating the drug and wellness policy. And uh, so that wasn't great. Uh, but upon his return from the suspension, he loses promptly to John Cena. And this is where the bloom has fallen off the rose. Uh, he loses a feud with Jeff Hardy after that. He has a, he has a feud with Shawn Michaels. Um, and he ends up losing that feud. And uh, he had another injury in August that year uh, where he went out to wrestle Shelton Benjamin. And uh, he ended up separating his shoulder. And then he came back and dropped Randy Orton on his head in a match at a house show. And Randy Orton got him fired on May 29th, 2009. So... From where this started and the way they had him, you know, they, the way they were featuring him, where they had him placed on the card, to what actually happened was a big disappointment in the eyes of many, uh, definitely these two gentlemen. So today, we are tasked with trying to fix this. Um, is there anything you think I missed, anything that stood out for Mr. Kennedy for you, that uh, other than that chair shot that uh, was not in my notes here? As far as everything that happened, you nailed everything on the head going back to that chair shot. So, <laughs> uh, but what we didn't touch on, it was the plans for Mr. Kennedy. The plans for Mr. Kennedy before they pivoted to, oh, little hornswoggle. Mr. Kennedy was supposed to be Vince McMahon's son. That was going to be the big reveal because the whole Kennedy thing, they were going to reveal that he took his middle name and they actually blah, 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 blah. It was going to be this, I think, even that, was kind of doomed. I don't know where they were going to go with that. I'm gl I'm kind of glad that they went with the Horton Swoggle thing. I think Mr. Kennedy dodged a bullet there. Um, well, yes, because they used the Mr. Kennedy impersonating a McMahon as the reason for his 30-day suspension. 
Correct, yeah. So I, I don't know where they could have gone from there. I don't know if something like that screams championship material to me. Uh, but I, we'll never know. I feel like any time that you're, they're rubbing you up against Mr. McMahon and you're working with Vince that uh, it's lining you up for bigger and better things uh, as we go to today, they're doing a pretty damn good job with Austin Theory and building him up and protecting him. It feels like for the first time, how did that work life. with Sat Gowan? Well, you know, he had one leg, so there was a, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there there was a a ceiling on that that storyline. Is you know, as much as as fun as it would be to have the one legged guy beat Brock Lesnar for the title or something like that, you know, as cool of a story as that would be for kids, it's uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's important to get a leg up on the competition. But how did it work for Hornswoggle as well? Well, I mean, Hornswoggle was a little person, so again... As oh, so he as, didn't measure up. As, <laughs> as fun as it might be to have Hornswoggle versus Brock Lesnar, I don't think that's the WrestleMania main event there. That's going to put lots of butts in seats. So. Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you go with, how did it work for a big show? That might be a, a better, uh, better uh, stepping off place. You know, if you want to talk about someone that that failed, even though they rubbed them up against Vince. Well, he hooked him up to the Godfather, so he's over now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Speaking of getting over, Cole, did you have notes prepared? Do you have a way to get Mr. Kennedy over? Where did you start him at? What would you What would you have changed? Because I started right from where they were preparing the big push. That's pretty much where I'm at too. I I think it's. My problem is here we are kind of again, like we're in a situation where it's almost like when we're trying to fix the NWO storyline, where in reality what happened here was uh, this guy just couldn't stay healthy. He just had bad luck. And then, you know, he he injured a a couple of people. Um, I, I, I tried to do some more digging and I just I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I don't have, you know, hours upon hours to do research. I tried to find more people that he injured because there was, you know, lots of rumors and everything going around, especially with that finish. The Kenton bomb uh, definitely knocked the shit out of a few people. That's a that's a stiff move um, for anybody. But Ken Kennedy is not a small man. He's, no. he's a pretty big guy. So um, he was a victim of. Um... Well, I don't know about a victim, but before the steroid thing got another crackdown and we lost size and mass on Chris Masters, unfortunately, Mr. Kennedy was another one. He came back very sucked up, uh, much more sucked up than he was. Go out of your way to watch his debut versus him and Money in the Bank. It's a big, big difference. Um, Where was I going with that? Uh, It's important to know. You just wanted to say sucked up, I guess. So, yeah, for me, when I have a character like this, I mean, this is one of those. I, it's for me thinking back like this is almost where MJF is kind of right now where this it's like there's no doubt about this this guy is going to be a big fucking star like he's not missing anything he looks great he can talk he can work I thought he was a good worker you know and, and I, I feel like a lot of the injuries are just you know it's it just bad shit but unfortunately when injuries pile up not only did he have three major injury well four injuries technically if you want to count the staples you know the, the him busting his skull all the way to the bone um when when you get injured four times in four years and then you injure three or four people in four years it it just kind of shits on everything and there's not much you could do but we'll try so we'll just pretend that he's able to stay relatively healthy after the initial 6 months like I'm good with keeping the introduction and then him taking six months off because I think it made the demand for him better. So I'd like to pick up after he has just won the United States title because I think that the secondary titles have not been utilized very well for maybe the last 20 years, 25 even, where, I mean, all the way up to Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, eh, the being the intercontinental champion meant like you were going to be the next guy in line. And it wasn't just like, well, this guy, we haven't done anything with this guy for a while. Let's put a title on him. 
You know, like it was important to win the Intercontinental title on your way up the ladder. Um, and so I think this would have been a good spot to go a little bit old school and let's keep him six, eight, ten months, twelve months, two years with this belt and just let him be him. I, this is like one of those where it'd be a good Arn Anderson, Tolly Blanchard type run. I think what would have been important to me was to get him a manager. And I think for me, I would have looked to maybe Rowdy Roddy Piper to come in and put him with this guy. Or, or, I just second-guessed myself, this would have been the perfect guy to throw Ric Flair with. And let, instead of evolution, all that stuff, let's put this guy with Ric Flair because it's that same kind of heel where he's the cock of the walk, he's just the shit, and he just talks down everyone, and let's have him, you know, do the stereotypical heel shit. Let's The JBL title run happened fair, right around this same time. It works, ladies and gentlemen. Having a heel champion that loses all the time but somehow finds a way to get, you know, he gets his ass kicked but keeps walking away with the belt over and over and over again. It's, I'm, it's just heat-seeking. I would give him that title, and I would have put him over on all the guys, on Christian and Jeff Hardy. You had all these guys that would have been perfect for him to have many feuds with to before we threw him to the, the Wolves with the Bobby Lashleys and the Batistas and the John Cena's of the world so that he could... Like, th that was one of the biggest problems, or it is to this day... One of the biggest problems that WWE has is that they have this hierarchy hierarchy of like big stars and they rush people up the ladder. And like when you're not ready to be the champion, you shouldn't be in the ring if they have bigger plans for you down the road. So I would have kept him away for probably two years away from the top guys. And so I would have spent all of 2007 with him as the United States champion just building and building, getting win after win, and especially having wins over Rey Mysterio, Chris Jericho, like all the wrestlers, wrestlers, the guys that the fans really, really loved. And then we could have built him up to the Randy Ortons and edges of the world um, down the line. Because I think him and Edge could have been, a, a, would have been a great feud. I mean, they did it, but like, him and Orton would have been a fantastic feud if they could have worked things out. And I would have kept that going up till the money in the bank. Like, I would have kept that belt on him for a, for damn near a year and a half right there. And if we can get him to money in the bank, he's already got the United States Championship. He wins that money in the bank. I would have ran all the way through that one-year run where I'm not giving this up. I'm going to keep this all the way up till maybe December for me. And that's where he finally loses for the first time. He loses that money in the bank like right there where he's just months away from main eventing WrestleMania. And he loses to Edge would be perfect. So that we've so Edge is going to run off and he's going to main event his first WrestleMania, and then he, and he loses his uh, United States title, and then maybe we keep him off TV until the Royal Rumble, and he's a surprise entrance in the Royal Rumble because he's been off TV now that he's lost, and uh, he sneaks in there and wins the Royal Rumble after we had this almost year buildup and he he lost at the last second. And I think by this point, with his character, with his charisma, with his promos, he I feel like we'd start we'd be starting to get the crowd to turn babyface on him and want him to succeed. And so we got him and him and Flair running all the way up through this. He wins the Royal Rumble. He's got Flair in his corner. And uh we could go ahead and throw him and John Cena in the main event of WrestleMania twenty four. And that's where we crown Mr. Kennedy, the new WWE champion. <clears throat> and then, you know, he beats everybody. <laughs> that's the way to do it. Now, the whole story is fantastic. 
instead of Flair, now now just close your eyes and picture this. What if they brought back Bob Backlund? Oh my God! <laughs> just just picture it. Picture <laughs> Kennedy doing his announcement, and Bob Backlund just right there, just staring in awe. Oh, <laughs> oh that would be fantastic. Only because, like you know. Um, only because, like during this time, Flair is on his retirement tour and not not losing, or else he'll or else he'll retire. So I don't want anything getting fucked with with that. I'm sorry, I love you is still happening at WrestleMania 24, but uh, the, but I like it nonetheless. I just wanted you to picture Bob Backlund in there. Just so we'll definitely it. scrap that from uh, from where we are at the towards the end of this. I yeah, Flair. I you know Piper was the guy I was thinking, and then like it just clicked in my head. I was I was talking. I'm like, oh my god, he's doing the Flair '80s gimmick anyway. Like this, it's it's perfect. But you're right. In that time, I didn't uh, dig into what Ric Flair was doing there. So <laughs> yeah, and like you know, Kennedy is one of those guys. Like, does he need a manager? But I'm a guy that loves heat. So I you know what's what's extra heat gonna hurt? So yeah, for me, it's all about the heat. Of him, how yeah, he doesn't need a manager. I just need him. I need I need him to have a partner to help him cheat and get away with his dastardly deeds and keep that title on him for a very long time. Good, I, I love it. And you know, speaking of heat, my my storyline is drenched in heat. And you know, I I tend to go, you know, borderline piss the audience off heat. And you know, I, that's what you're supposed to do. But I decided to do this in a way to where like. This is the most piece of shit, shit heel, chicken shit guy in the world, but he's smart as shit. Um, so my angle, I love everything that you've done built up to Money in the Bank. I, I'm actually all for that, just him having that title. It would actually, you know, spice up some storyline based on the angle that I'm pitching. Let's just get into it, shall we? So this is the night after he wins Money in the Bank at WrestleMania 23. He gets out there and announces to the world... Not only is, does he plan on it, he wants it in writing. I am the main event of WrestleMania 24. I am cashing it. He, but let me go back. I'm sorry. John Cena is celebrating his monumental victory over Triple H. Who gets interrupted by Mr. Kennedy? Who baits the audience, baits and switches them by saying, I am here to announce that I am going to cash in my money in the bank. Yay! At WrestleMania 24. That's right. Boo, big old heat. Oh, he swerved him. He thought they were going to cash it in, blah, 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 blah. He's announcing to the world that he is that he's going to officially cash it in tonight, but to a future match in the main event at WrestleMania 24. So much so that he even gets Vince McMahon out there to have a contract signing, and it's, it's official. And Kennedy tells the world, tells John Cena, and tells... Vince McMahon himself, he was like, you know, John, you might not even be the champion by WrestleMania 24, but how does it feel to know that no matter what anybody can do, the main event of WrestleMania 24 is Mr. Kennedy! Kennedy. So, with Kennedy having an official match at WrestleMania and having a year in between, now... What heel wouldn't do this? He already has his moment planned out. So what work does he really need to do until then? So the next week on Raw, he shows up late. People give him crap for it. He's like, I don't care. I'm the main event of WrestleMania. Next. And just kind of goes on his merry way. Uh, he has a match booked that evening. He just decided he's not going to do it. Well, you have a match. It's next. He's like, no, I don't. Why do I need to wrestle? I do not have any ranks to build up to. I am the main event of WrestleMania. And so he just goes on this like shit heel tirade, backstage promos, in-ring promos, just doing whatever he wants, just saying, I don't have to compete. I've punched my ticket. So he's just like an on-screen character for like weeks, maybe a month, maybe two months. And during this time, he is just fucking with Cena the entire time, just beating his ass randomly. And he's like, even if you make it to WrestleMania, John, you're going to be a broken man, and it's going to make the match that much shorter. And, and, and he goes on that tirade. We start feeling bad for Cena, and then Cena finally goads him into a match, finally gets him to wrestle, says he's a coward, and puts a stipulation on and says... If I win, you can't touch me until WrestleMania, even if I'm not the champion. And he's like, fine, but you have to put the title on the line. 
So he gets a title shot early in the midst of all this like douchebaggery. He ain't wrestling. He's not competing. He doesn't have to show up to TV. He's just drinking on the job. He's seriously just fucking off royally because he knows that everything everyone else is working for, he already has. And he's just basically on work vacation. It's fucking amazing. So they have this match between John and Mr. Kennedy. And Mr. Kennedy gets desperate and just wails on Cena with a lead pipe. Right, right on his knee. Fucks him up royally. Gets disqualified. Doesn't win the title. Still has his match at WrestleMania. And the hustle loyalty, hustle loyalty, never give up, respect guy has a wounded knee. And he's like, fine, John, I'll never touch you until WrestleMania. But that bum wheel is going to be a bum wheel for a long time. And he leaves him alone. He honors his agreement. And so Cena still has, you know, championship to defend. And he, in Survivor Series, ends up into a match because the man won his way into having a title shot. He is going to be facing The Undertaker. Cena versus The Undertaker at Survivor Series. It's, you know, it's a classic. It's a classic match. One for the ages. Mr. Kennedy comes out to get involved, but shockingly assaults The Undertaker. And Cena keeps his title. And then it becomes very apparent the next night on, on Raw that Kennedy just wants nothing to do with The Undertaker. We're right in the middle of a 14-0 streak at WrestleMania, and the last thing he wants is for his work to keep the broken champion a broken champion until WrestleMania, and he does not want it ruined by having the undefeated monster take that title to WrestleMania because even he, without saying it, Everyone knows he doesn't have a chance because of how hot the streak is at that point. So, finally, Vince gets fed up with this behavior and finds a loophole in the contract saying, I may not be able to make you wrestle or make you cash in that money in the bank, but I am going to make a match for that money in the bank contract because it says here, the money in the, brief, money in the bank briefcase holder has a shot at WrestleMania. But if you lose that briefcase... You're just a representative of that briefcase, and it goes to the next person, and you're no longer the representative of that briefcase. So he finally has to have a match that Vince orders him to have because his briefcase is on the line. Because if he forfeits, you lose that briefcase, it's not your main event anymore. So he has to wrestle, and he has to wrestle Batista. He wins by the skin of his teeth, uh, cheating, however the fuck. It's just a nice little angle on the way to the bigger things at hand. The bigger things at hand is that since... Since we already have a guaranteed champion, the person that's holding it, John Cena still, and we already have a guaranteed participant at WrestleMania, how the fuck is this Royal Rumble going to work? So the Royal Rumble, and this wasn't very often at the time, the Royal Rumble is now going to be for the heavyweight championship, and they put Cena into this match. The winner of this match is going to be the champion, and Vince kind of gives him a mercy rule. You're number 30. Go nuts. Uh, <laughs> but then... Final two is Undertaker and John Cena. What the fuck is going to happen? So, shockingly, Undertaker wins. Oh. So we have this big feud. So Cena and Mr. Kennedy have this big old feud all year, but it ends up biting Mr. Kennedy in the ass because he has this plan solidified. But all of a sudden, Undertaker, the monster that's undefeated, sweeps in and gets that title, and Mr. Kennedy has to wrestle The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Now, Cole, talk me off a ledge, but every time we've ever talked about The Undertaker's streak, we always talk about, we need to make the next guy. And it shouldn't have gone to Brock Lesnar, even though it was so cool what happened. Everybody always goes back to, we need to make the next guy. Before I finish my story, do you feel like 14 and 1 would have been the appropriate time for the next guy. Who would be better suited than Mr. Kennedy? When did Orton wrestle Taker? Was that? Three years before. Okay, so that was like 11 and 0. So, okay. So the streak became a thing at 10 and 0, correct? Yes. So this would have been a pay a four, this would have been four years into a storyline. So I think at any point there, you could have had the Undertaker lose a streak, and it would have been huge. It would have been fine. 
Um, I don't think it would have been quite as shocking had it not made it to 21 and one, you know, like 21 and oh was is insane. Like, right. Because he missed a couple of manias in there. So this dude went undefeated for 23 years at WrestleMania. So it wouldn't have been as big of a deal, but it would have been a huge deal to have a new guy beat Undertaker at, at WrestleMania. Absolutely. And I was hoping when she brought the Undertaker into this storyline and that Kennedy was afraid to face him and didn't want to face him, that the payoff would be Kennedy ending the streak at WrestleMania. So I am 100% behind this idea, if that's the payoff. And uh, absolutely, yes. I think, it, I, I just, it, if not if not this, if you weren't going to do it with CM Punk, you didn't do it with Orton, you you gotta. I just I don't understand why you would do it with Brock or with Kane or with anybody else besides the next big star. Yes, and that's exactly where we're going with this, ladies and gentlemen. I think five years after the point was made about his streak is a perfect time to make somebody, and this was by all means the next guy, and this is this is a way better outcome than Vince McMahon's son. You know, I, I just think, you know, as 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 great as it is to rub shoulders with Vince like that, I just think that type of an angle would have been death, like eventual death. Whereas if you beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania, it doesn't matter what happens. You're made for good. I, I just, you know, had that happened in real life and, you know, we're and we're, and we're talking about real life and the real person who couldn't stay healthy... That's whatever. But we're talking about fantasy booking and what we would do with this character despite real life situations. And I think like, and I'm going through, I went through all the years, you know, we even point to Daniel Bryan being the guy to do it, but he was already made by the fans. He didn't need it. True. You know? Yeah. And, and they, and what they ended up doing with him was not equally as good. It was gold. really good. It was absolutely gold. So he beat all of evolution in one night. It's, it's, it's solidified. But I think just, and the way this t- takes place too, you have a guy that's completely avoiding all work the entire year, only wrestles when he absolutely has to because the office is finding loopholes to make this person work. And he's just cheating everyone out of their opportunities because he always he already has a date with Destiny. And then at the end of the year, his date with Destiny is in turmoil because the one guy nobody can beat at the show that he has a ticket to is on the horizon to be in that match. And thus, even he is questioning what he can do on that day versus The Undertaker. So he's not only pivoting and helping John Cena, he's just making sure that someone that he can beat is at WrestleMania. So really, he's... I even think having him try to interfere in the Rumble would be would be great oh or or take a take a spot in the rumble and like he's not in there to win it he's just in there to make sure taker doesn't yeah he tries to eliminate taker maybe he saves john cena from elimination a couple times like oh my god it'd be so great i i'm fully behind this yeah he just he just catching random people that undertaker's throwing out yeah (laughs) yeah yes exactly he's just trying to keep people's feet from touching the ground until undertaker gets eliminated and Eventually, he gets in the ring and gets tombstoned, and then Taker throws Cena out. I think it'd be fan fucking tastic. So good, and like you know, at this point, it wasn't uh, nobody's kicked out of the tombstone. Then I'd say give this guy the first kick out of the tombstone. Oh, that would I mean, be great too. Nobody normal anyway. Kane definitely yeah, kicked yeah. out, but they were building him up as an equal monster. But I yeah. think the the first civilian, civilian, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yes. person, yeah. He needs to be the first person to kick out of the tombstone. I want to see that faraway look in Taker's eyes as how can I beat this guy? Yeah. That's when people start to kind of believe in this dude's like, you know, I don't want to say hardness because I already said sucked up earlier. Uh, <laughs> toughness. Yes. Toughness. We'll say toughness. That's when the audience, like, I, w- I don't want to say double turn-esque, but I want to no, say, yeah, like, this is where they buy turn, into Kennedy. Yeah, they, they're going to, they, I, I agree that, that if we do that, we pull off this whole year of him being entertaining and, and being scared of Undertaker, but then at WrestleMania, he faces down his fears and then even kicks out of the tombstone and ends the streak. It's either going to be nuclear heat 
or we have the next Austin. Either way, and, we're golden and we're printing money again. And how much better WrestleMania 24 would have been if we got, I'm sorry, I love you. We The opening match was the Belfast brawl between JBL and Finlay. And we go off the air with, and your winner of the match, the one in 14 and one, your new heavyweight champion, Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. So, okay. So I think for sure, um, I like your idea way better than mine here. Uh, fuck the United States title. All that's great. Um, and f- yeah, fuck him having a manager. I love the idea of all of this, of him just like, I don't have to do that. No, I- I'm already the main event of WrestleMania. Like he just walks out of matches and gets countered out with his briefcase. Like I, I, I want to do all of this. It would be so great. It would be such a good character. Like, can you imagine like just him in his dressing room, just like drinking a beer, but like not like Austin, just like he's eating dinner. Like maybe, he's, maybe he's, he's got he's got wine. like Christian. Ba- yeah, yeah, he's got like Christian Bale talent. He can just like get fat. He's yes. like, oh no. I- I'll lose 30 pounds from November to April. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like he just gets like super lazy, but just a great character. Like yes. uh, he's like, oh, Hey, tonight yeah. guys, I'm going to be the ring announcer tonight. And he just does Mr. Kennedy ring announcing for other people. <laughs> yeah. But he just, uh, yeah, we could have him start wearing a fat suit and wrestling in a t-shirt. Oh my God. Oh my God. This would be so great. So good. He's like, guys, guys, how does it feel knowing that the ring announcer has a match at WrestleMania? Yeah, so Stephanie McMahon, if you're listening, we have way better ideas than your writing team does right now. Oh, you dude. should definitely oh, dude. give us a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's circle back to the Montreal screw job, and let's circle back to Mr. Kennedy's per- push. Let's circle back to Big Show. Fuck it, I'm still down. <laughs> like, not only are we better at booking heat, we're better at booking ridiculousness. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No hands will come out of old people. Well, maybe they will. But, uh... Well, it's the big hole. Oh, yes. I, I, I love it. I love the angle. Like I, I almost wanted to keep the the United States title shenanigans, make it part of the make it part of his year. Like he's gotta have some sort of bad luck. Maybe he just accidentally loses it or uh, or whatnot. Maybe they do a finger poke of doom scenario with like a ally of his. Okay, so let yeah, so we could have him be the United States title and he's like really rolling until he gets the money in the bank and that's when he started starts checking out, right? So we could have him all the way up to yeah, he loses the United States title somewhere along the line because he's getting out of shape, he's not working hard. He's like, he's just like, I don't care about that title. And he, and he can play it off once he loses. He's like, I don't really care about that title anyway. I'm going for, for John Cena's belt at WrestleMania. I'm going to win the title. I'm cashing in my money in the bank. And then we could even, if we want to, once we get to The Undertaker winning, we could have him get real serious real quick. And then, you know, he does whip himself back into shape. And he maybe he starts having some squash matches on TV. Like, beating some some bigger names convincingly like you know let's just say a jeff hardy you know someone like that matt hardy he could go out there and just beat him in like three minutes convincingly you know and now he's being serious and he could still be a heel but maybe we're just hinting that we could we could get the fans kind of like on his side a little bit where they say like i get it you know i've been kind of fucking off for the last nine months but uh i got it it's the undertaker i got it i you know uh, yeah, I had John Cena right where I wanted him. I could beat John Cena with my eyes closed, but The Undertaker at WrestleMania, oh, fuck. You know, and, and so we could ramp up to WrestleMania with that where he is getting more serious and he's taking things more seriously. He's not being quite as egotistical because he's really putting all his everything into this match at WrestleMania. So, like, there's so much we could do. There's so much meat on the bone for that. But this, this is the problem. No one wants to book year-long storylines anymore. Right. And, and this right. is these are all the little intricacies and magic that we could, you know, just like... It's like watching a TV show where, especially an episodic one or a, a network show where there's 23 episodes. You know, if we build from episode one, and even if it's not, not 12 episodes, like I, I think one of my favorite shows in the entire world right now is Cobra Kai where 
uh, I think it's season three, where they end the season with the giant brawl at the school. Maybe it's the end of season two. Whatever it is. So they're built. They spend the entire season watching this. You know, ten hours of things where they're building up to this gigantic brawl, this face off. We know it's going to happen. And there's a few times where they tease it, where it's about to start. And then something happens, you know, the cops show up, something happens. So that brawl never happens. Like if the long-term storytelling can really get an emotional response. And I, and I think the best part of this one year buildup for Mr. Kennedy versus the streak at WrestleMania is we'd really be in a situation where nobody could predict what's going to happen. Correct. So I, I think this is like all, all like as much as I love the Owen Hart, like taking full credit and celebrating Brett getting fired. Like this is your best work. Good, sir. Where oh yeah. We this have is a money making angle that we can print money for years to come off of this story arc here. Well, thank you. And yeah, I, I, I actually agree because the Owen Hart thing was, you know, it was so far fetched, but such good heat. Whereas this is a logical, real good wrestling angle that could have taken place. And uh, I think the, the only addition that we really made to this is I think it's brilliant to include him in the Rumble. And it, it's the first time in history where someone's intentions in the rumble is not matched with everyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. He's not trying to win. He's trying to make sure someone else doesn't. Yeah. And, and, and the caveat of that is everything that everyone's working for in this rumble, he already has. And he's taken, and he's further taken someone else's opportunity to further his motives. (laughs) What about this? So let's say we don't want to have him in the streak, right? So he already has the money in the bank in hand. What if he steals a spot? Now, we already won. This was the winner, but this is just a a what if, right? (laughs) Yeah. What if we had the money in the bank winner also win the Royal Rumble? And it's it's a heel to make this work just the best. And so he gets both title shots at WrestleMania. Two opportunities at WrestleMania. Amazing. So he's like, I'm going to cash in my money in the bank against, you know, the, whoever the universal champion is or the second, the second world champion is. And I'm going to main event WrestleMania. So I'm going to open the show. I'm going to be in the first match. It's going to be me cashing in the money in the bank. And I'm going to close the show versus the other champion. And I'm going to win both belts. And the last thing that's going to happen is this. And then he loses both fucking matches. Oh, <laughs> see. All right. No, let, let me, let me twist that up a bit. That, that you talk about, you talk about the most WWE thing to do. Just big build up, build up, build up, and just big stadium public burial. Right but, but for me, this is the one night babyface switch because after that you're either going to be laughed at either you're such a good heel that they're going to make fun of you mercilessly for three months and then you can go on a rampage or they're going to turn on the company and you're going to be the biggest babyface ever for the next next few months and we can build up to you winning the title after that as a babyface <laughs> we would get we would get the yes movement early this yes. would be his 18 second brogue kick <laughs> But let me twist up your 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 addition there with with more nuclear heat. Let's just pretend there's one title and it's Undertaker's, and the Money in the Bank winner, who already has a main event spot at WrestleMania, wins the Royal Rumble. So he has both opportunities. So what does a chicken shit heel do? Can you imagine if Taker wins, and then during the celebration, yes. lightning, thunder, the pose, the 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 purple oh. lights. That's when he attacks the Undertaker. And cashes in Money in the Bank. So not only does he spoil a great time, he absolutely 180s it. And we actually get a cancellation of Taker's celebration and pivot right to the most nuclear heat ever. And then he gets on Raw the next day and says, I told you it was either going to be 14 and 1 or 15 and 0. You didn't think it was going to be 15 and 1, did you? Oh, I love it. I love oh. it. This has been and so that's, much fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, I, we can we can spend all day on this on this angle. I think I think we've uh, written some fire here, and we've done right by Mr. Kennedy. Absolutely. I hope Mr. I hope Mr. Anderson is listening to this, and you know, just just give us need to rewrite yeah, history yeah, too. Yeah, give us a <laughs> give us a like or a thumbs up on the old social social medias there, Mr. Ken Anderson. That'd be great. Yes, so. give us a give us a um, Ken Kennedy like shout out. That'd be awesome. Well, sir, we can sit here and mark out all day to the one-time title holder of Worst Ideas Ever, or uh, we can uh, take this sweet ass home and... Oh, you know what? No! I've been fully prepared to remind you, or tell you, or announce to the world what is in store for the creative team going forward. We have two weeks of pure hell on the horizon, ladies and gentlemen. Two weeks of pure joy, depending on who you are, but this is going to be a sequel, a long-awaited sequel to a very fun thing that we did, and it is none other than... The Sabotage Draft! Part 2 I hope we don't get any uh, copyright infringement on the, the Beastie Boys. I, I think there's like one left, so. I think after the last, after the first time we did a sabotage draft, we realized we had a tremendous hit on our hands and we absolutely needed a sequel, especially since we drafted, after we drafted the 40 entities that we were going to draft, we realized there was at least another 40 or 50 or 80 or 200 people that we could have put in the sabotage draft. So it's going to be absolutely fantastic uh the only caveat this is the first draft where we're going to be taking people off the board so the people that were already drafted in the previous sabotage draft are no longer on the board which uh on the one hand is nice for all of us because nobody wants to see uh mantar and icp again but uh there is just still a gigantic plethora of just horseshit out there <laughs> <laughs> that oh, we're going yes. to be flinging each other's way to try to ruin each other's day and uh, win the draft. <laughs> I, there are no winners in this draft. Right. I think this one is just trying not to lose. <laughs> or trying not to laugh. Yes. Oh, there'll I, be plenty of that. Trust me. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the, the Specifically... You're gonna you know, never mind. I just had an idea and I'm not gonna divulge it here and spoil Tune in, it. ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, tune in. Next we're week. desperately out of time. Yes, next week I got a great idea for Ronald. I know your number one draft pick right now. So oh, for Ron Kilborn, I am your host, Cole Dawson, saying thank you. We love you and good night, moi. Thanks for listening. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Creative Team Pod or just the Creative Team on Facebook. Follow Cole Dawson on Twitter and Instagram at Cole2130 and follow yours truly at Ron underscore Kilborn. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Creative Team.